Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Lovecraft Country Chronicles, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Mia Johnson and Natalie Zamora. Hi and welcome everyone to another episode of Lovecraft Country Chronicles. I am Mia Johnson and I'm here today with our co-host. Hi everyone, it's Natalie Zamora. And oh my goodness, we are <laughs> finally halfway through the season. Um, yes. We just finished episode five. I need to take my notes here, of course. <laughs> episode five is called A Strange Case. And a lot of strange things certainly happened. Yes. And we're going to discuss that in a minute. But I'm actually so happy because our fans are chiming in now. Our listeners are starting to connect with us and leave us some questions and leave us their thoughts and comments. So um, why don't we look over what our, I want to call them chroniclers. (laughs) Maybe we can have a fandom name. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. (laughs) We'll take some suggestions too. But let's see. um, Yeah. We had two good comments um, this past week. What were they? All right. So from Twitter, at Ritterton tweeted at us and said that they have to think that we're going to see what might be the return of the Hounds of Tindalos. Um, And then they also think that Hippolyta and her daughter are awesome characters and to expect more from them. And I agree with the last part. Um, So we had asked last episode uh, what creatures you think we should see more of or which creatures you want to be in the show. So tweet at us for more because that was... That was that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. The hounds remind me of uh, Hounds of Baskerville, except for these. I'm looking at the like whatever wiki pages is, and those yeah. things are devilish. So I would definitely love to see those. I know. Yeah. Anything really creepy? Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> also, it's like yeah, a group of them. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> um, and then another tweet that we got at DJ Moranta asked us um, about Montrose. He asked Mm -hmm. if Montrose is supposed to embody an anti-hero or the effects of white supremacist and generational generational trauma on a person. And then asked, does Montrose honestly believe he's helping Atticus by burning that book and killing Ahima? Or has he been convinced to act against his own best Mm -hmm. or self-interest? That is a really good one. (laughs) Montrose is going through some stuff. Yeah. He is really, and we really definitely saw that play out in this episode as yeah. well. Um, I did. I responded to this one on Twitter, just so everyone mm-hmm. kind of knows. I was like, yeah, I think that generational trauma is kind of interesting mm-hmm. because it looks like he's taking this kind of like, I always feel like there's an old generation and a new generation sort of deal where mm-hmm. the old generation is kind of status quo. They've gone through what they've gone through. They see the world as it is and they think, hey, this is just how it is. Mm -hmm. Where someone like Atticus is in a new generation and they're like, no, things need to change. We need to make progress and all this stuff. So essentially what I'm trying to get at is Atticus is, you know, he's ready to move forward. He's ready to do these spells and all these things to make his life better. Whereas Montrose is like, no, we don't need this. Let's stop this here. 
Um, and, you know, we talked about that last week, really just him kind of bearing the past and hoping it goes away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I think yeah, after this episode, I see more clearly that we probably don't know everything he's going oh, through. Oh, yeah. He's repressing a lot and, you know, keeping a lot of secrets that Atticus obviously doesn't know. So I can't I can't put myself in his shoes, honestly. <laughs> I don't know why he's acting this way. But of course, the main reason is because he doesn't want the past to be brought up, even though Atticus and Letitia are doing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're <laughs> going to talk a little bit more about Montrose as we dive deeper. So, wow, let's dig into episode five. And as I say, we are halfway through the season. Ta-da! <laughs> and I was wondering if we're playing, you know, this is our midterm, right, for the season. Mm-hmm. What grade are we giving, you know, just this midterm for season one (laughs) now and my original review i believe i did give it an a because i was overall i was astounded by the series and the acting and all that i think now mm, i'm borderline Mm. like b plus i think it still has potential to be an a but maybe it's like the more I dig into it and the more I like start nitpicking stuff i'm like oh well maybe that wasn't so great or that but i think a b plus is a solid grade yeah, I was also thinking around B. Yeah, I feel like A is just like a 10 out of 10. That's too too easy. Yeah. We, we need to. Yeah. There are some parts that, you know, weren't my favorite, but there are also some really crazy wild parts that wowed me. So I think a B is a solid, that's a solid grade good, yeah. for now. All right. Well, Lovecraft Country, you have five more episodes to raise your grade. I hope it doesn't lower and I don't think it will. I yeah have not seen anything past episode five. So at this point, I am going in pretty blind. Uh, But for the folks out there listening, here's our next question of the week. It is the midterm. You're the (laughs) professor and you got to give Lovecraft Country a letter grade. So A through F, what would you give Lovecraft Country episodes one through five? Leave us an at uh, you can at me, Mia J Media, or Natalie. What's your Twitter ha- Twitter handle? <laughs> Mine is at Natalie Zamora with two A's at the end. Got it. So yeah, y'all have been tweeting us out. Let's mm-hmm. keep this momentum up. We love hearing with you all, um, interacting with everyone, and yes. diving into episodes. So let's do it. Let's jump right into <laughs> this. <laughs> was to me, it felt like Ruby's episode. Right? We yeah. had this whole thing where. She's meeting up with William and she is given this potion that turns her into a white woman and you have to mm-hmm. go through this metamorphosis process. And then she finds out that William is actually Christina. And then you've got this side plot about Atticus and Letitia and they're translating the just pages that they need to be translated. Yeah. And then Montrose is dealing with his sexuality and what I would call like his friends with benefits and yeah. what does he want to do with that relationship. So we had a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Every th- everyone went through something insane. Everyone that yeah. was shown. Like, Every- was- <laughs> I think that's like that mid-season, like, you know, they really yeah. put everyone through it in this in this mid-season. Except Hippolyta. They skipped over her. I know. She Excuse needs- me. Yeah. She needs her moment. It's coming. Yeah. I'm just yeah. waiting. <laughs> I know. I know. So... 
Uh, now the viewers don't, or the listeners don't know this, but I had to come in kicking and screaming for this episode because I had to talk about William a lot. So (laughs) it's a miracle that I'm even sitting in this chair getting ready to talk about this episode. But yet here I am reporting for duty because I love this podcast and I love everyone listening. So let's talk about Ruby and her relationship with Mr. William, which to be fair, Maybe I can let William off the hook now because he's not really yeah. William. <laughs> I know, I know. That was a major plot twist. Did you yeah. see that coming? Because I really did not. I didn't. And I was, I, I don't know why I, it didn't really occur to me in the first place. But I was like, yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it really leaves in a position now where Christina and Ruby are seeing eye to eye because mm-hmm. they each want something or to be something or someone that they're not. Yeah. An unlikely duo, but a duo yeah. at that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Ruby put this trust. We'll, we'll talk about William just as William, not Christina for right now. So she mm-hmm. trusted William. You know, she slept with him. She stayed with him. Uh, he gives her the potion and a little bit of cash money. And she goes out, basically turns into the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is the biggest discussion here is why would Ruby be so willing to go through this weird metamorphosis process just to be white. Yeah. And I know that's pretty heavy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's such a... And I feel like in the book, it was more so of an internal struggle. But I mean, of course, a book is more lengthy and descriptive. But here, here it was kind of just like, all right, I'll do it. But like, I mean, I I probably would too. But (laughs) it was a little surprising that she kind of... Also, I would think like am i gonna die after this like how long can i do this for because the whole turning back into myself is not pretty i have to like kill myself every time gosh sure. so like how long can this last i don't know yeah it, it these sorts of deals with the devil basically right it, mm-hmm. it never these things never come free it's never a free lunch or anything like that yeah but yeah it it made me wonder like would or at least in that time period would it yeah would life or should I say not like would life have been so bad would would your personal circumstances have been so bad that you would literally you know transform into this different body and time after time in some sort of excruciating or she calls it undoing sort of way Mm -hmm. and feeling just to for once in your life feel and be treated like a human being yeah Um, i know i thought it was so wild in uh the first scene when she first turns into the white woman she like runs into town and everything and she's like acting crazy because well of course it's because she's a different race but she's acting crazy because people are being nice to her and she doesn't know how to react and it's like geez like just being treated as a human is so like foreign to her that she's like Mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't know how to react it's so crazy yeah I think I and then it's like, okay, I can't cut her some slack then because if yeah. for all your life, like thinking about her just wanting to go and work at Marshall Field, like that yeah. was virtually impossible for her because they weren't giving her that respect. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, she was smart, intelligent, all these things. Um, so I can definitely see it. Um, it's like what I have done it. Oh my gosh, I would be again too afraid to do anything that anybody in this show is doing. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I would be interested for sure. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, I wanted to address this relationship between Ruby and William because I've mm-hmm. been like with all these relationships, I've been like, 
are they really in love? Do they really yeah. love each other? Especially for her, does she just like the idea of having somebody with her? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I also don't think that they are like affectionate or act like lovey-dovey. But then later yeah. on when Christina asks her like if she loves him or has feelings for him beyond, you know, the potion and it's kind of just like no answer. And yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like someone she can depend on someone well, not depend on, but for the potion, someone that mm-hmm. is giving her something that she's never experienced before. But I don't I would not say that they have genuine no. feelings for each other. <laughs> no, yeah. It's definitely uh another sort of friends with magical yeah. benefits. Yeah. <laughs> A whole yeah. different kind of benefits. And you know what? In one scene, uh Letitia was talking to Atticus. This was when they were in the bathtub and she was mm-hmm. talking about how not only was her mother like falling in and out of love with people every two seconds, but she said yeah. this was also the case for Ruby. Mm-hmm. which that was a slight comment that I hadn't picked up on the first time I watched this. And I was like, okay, well, that makes sense now, right? Yeah. She is little, she's just going out with William and Ruby's, I don't know. It's like, you don't really know where her head is at besides yeah. the fact that he's offering something for her. And mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit of love and comfort, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, it's like- yeah, go ahead. It's like, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, she can depend on him, kind of. It's like, I don't know if she trusts him, but it's still, like, just someone that she can depend on in one way mm-hmm. only. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It, um, who was it? Letty and Atticus, when they were having this talk, were talking about mm-hmm. love and learning to love. And I'm like, okay, Ruby, <laughs> we need to yeah. learn how to love yourself, too. Yes. But, um, hey, you know what? She did get a little... I don't, should I call it a victory or should I call it, you know, a, a one up over, you know, her boss? Yeah, that, that was insane. <laughs> that final moment. So I think she got a little self-confidence there. I had to, yes. okay, I honestly, when I was rewatching this episode, I had to fast forward through that. No, I watched it like three times that scene. <laughs> It was so just, I was like, yes, do it. But it was, it was a lot to watch. So I would literally like scream the first time I watched Uh, it just because I was so shocked at what was going on. But it was just so badass. I loved it. I know. I was like, no, she didn't. She tied this man up, used him, and now she's shoving a heel up a (laughs) <laughs> it was especially creepy just because she was like sh- like changing back so it looked like her skin was just yeah. like melting off out of context it would have just been insane more insane yeah. than it was <laughs> and i realized she was sticking up for also the black employee yes, that yes. was working there which i kind of noticed she was like at some points i can tell if she was being condescending towards the employee maybe yeah. because like she was really settling too much into her white skin and yeah. feeling that sense of superiority. I think she was jealous of her because mm. she had said that she had no, or she had a seventh grade education and mm. she still got the job there and Ruby had an, edu- an education and still couldn't get the job yeah. there. So I think she was kind of like, why would you like, what's better about you than me? Mm-hmm. That she had to turn white to get the job there, but this woman yeah. was doing it. Yeah. So and I wonder... I I wonder if they turned Ruby down because she was so experienced 
Yeah. Whereas maybe the, you know, the people in the white, uh, the, the white people <laughs> at the company or at Marshall Field yeah. were feeling, you know, threatened by her because right. she was, yeah. you know, all these things. And they were like, well, maybe if we hire a black person with less experience, we can justify, you know, that feeling of our superiority soon. Yeah, that's definitely and, possible. Um, yeah, I mean, not letting we had this talk with dr pilgrim in our last episode right the the mm-hmm. fact of like you know these people being the first and yes honestly you know that whole notion of creating jim crow laws and these things because white people are like wait a minute <laughs> black yeah. people are it um coming into our space now and and trying to be their our equal or trying to mm-hmm. be better than us um which to me yeah i i stand for equality i think you know everybody has something to offer so i don't think that should be something you should be intimidated by but clearly those were not that's not how people were feeling in 1955 yeah exactly exactly okay and then i had one more note about this whole potion that we find out william says he created but technically i guess christina created it right yeah um, with the help of hiram nepstein who was the guy from that house and not at the house and we talked all about that yes. in that last episode yes. <laughs> but you know what that made me wonder right because she trans ruby transforms into the woman who was in the town guarding that tower right yeah it was definitely her because the first time i watched it i thought we were just following her for like mm-hmm. a split second and then i realized it was ruby but yeah it was definitely her so yeah, it's interesting because in the book, I, it was like a woman with red hair. I think it was just a, an anonymous person. Yeah. I mean, it, she wasn't identified to us. So it's interesting that now it's like you can take on the shape of someone else existing. Exactly. So I'm I'm like, what is the whole spell with this? Did Christina make a deal with the woman back in the yeah. town? Is this like the polyjuice potion? You know, yeah. like in Harry Potter. <laughs> Another know. Harry Potter reference. <laughs> Always. <laughs> but you know, like where you take a piece of hair or something and you drop it into the potion, now you can become that person. Yeah. Which leads me to wonder, it's like, so is there a real William, right? Cause I know. Yeah, I she would have to get his likeness from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like was yeah was she William from episode one or was it episode two or was it ten years ago? Ooh, the the conspiracy theories start rolling in. (laughs) How about that? Leave your conspiracy theory with us. Who is there a real William out there and and doing her bidding while Christina is also William? I'd be interested to know that. Yeah. So we will we will talk a little bit more about Ruby and her like whole mission or her whole thing with the police captain that William and slash Christina wanted her to do mm-hmm. uh, because that digs into more of the lore of this. Yeah, and it is a lot. So <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I have to make like, sure I get my energy up. <laughs> but why don't we talk about our favorite couple in this <laughs> in this beautiful show, which is Atticus and Letitia. And they have some moments in this. They got intimate again, which... (laughs) It was so HBO. 
that was really HBO. That was <laughs> that was really sizzling. I actually skipped through that too. I skipped through that both times because I was like, oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's like this isn't had to do with the plot. I mean, it does yeah. have to do with the plot, but like I get it. Okay, cool. Next. Yeah. Like, too much action is going on, but I did, I will say, I did think this whole episode was like so theatrical. The music oh, yeah. and everyone, you know, speaking so dramatically, which I didn't mind at all, but it was just funny to note and like their scenes were like that too, like the music and everything. So do you think it was like a little too over dramatic or just right? Eh, some moments were a little over dramatic, but I did like them talking. I thought that was good. And mm-hmm. they got, you know, seemed like they were having a deep like therapeutic conversation, which was yeah. good. Yeah, there was so one of the moments actually was when they get to talking as Atticus was down in the basement. Mm-hmm. And first we find out obviously Atticus knew that basically Montrose killed Yahima. Mm-hmm. And the they deal with it in an interesting way because yeah. Atticus beat up Montrose. And I think he knew he was like at Montrose said that Yahima just ran away. Yeah. I think Letty accepted and Atticus was like, no, I know that's not the case. And yeah. also because Montrose did away with the pages that they were trying to find. Yeah. So like Atticus is angry and all this. And he tells he tells Letty also that this is what Montrose did. And she's like, oh, my gosh. You know, she yeah. starts to freak out. Yeah. And she gets really scared. Um and she begins to wonder if this whole thing, the magic, the finding the pages, the Braithwites, you know, is it just all inherently evil? Is it just yeah. black magic and it's oozing out at them and making them, you know, like mantras going off the deep end? Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, will this whole thing continue to play mind games with them? Uh, yeah. It's reminding me of like the first Avengers movie where they have the mm-hmm. scepter with the mind stone in it. Mm-hmm. And there's one scene where uh, it's basically all the Avengers are in this one room with the scepter in it and they all start getting heated and, and um, who was that? Mark Ruffalo as Bruce yeah. Banner is getting ready to go <laughs> off and they're like, Oh, it's this, the scepter is playing mind games on us. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering like, is that, going to continue to happen in this series yeah i would say probably and it's interesting that they haven't really i mean i guess they've talked about it that you know they lost their memory and like things aren't the same in their memory or that like one of them remembers the other one doesn't so it's interesting mm-hmm. that Letitia's like the first one i mean obviously because she's very smart but yeah. like they don't want to <laughs> talk about the fact that like okay maybe this is really messing with us and we don't realize yeah. Yeah, it's really putting them down this deep, dark hole. And I mean, to be fair, in a way, it's ironic because it's making Mantros do these bad things. But at the same time, he's also trying to stop these bad things. Yeah. Um, so maybe yeah. You know, killing somebody isn't 100% justified. But I do see, like, for example, trying to hide the pages and hide the book. And burn. He burned that, you know, the book in the, the last book, episode. Yeah. So... It's like he's trying to prevent an oncoming evil, and maybe that is just going to crescendo at some point, you know, yeah. later in these next couple of episodes. Yeah, it's like he killed Yahima, and he's like, look what you did, like, look what yeah. you made me do, type yeah. of thing. And it's like, he's like, I'll do it so you don't have to, but just, like, stop so none of us have to do it. It's, yeah. it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, and Montrose, well, Montrose has to, to take responsibility for his actions as well uh but that yeah that's all another ball game so but (laughs) back to atticus and letty they also had like i was talking about this deep 
bonding moment where yeah. they're in the bathtub and Atticus reveals that he reveals a couple of things. Number one, he says that Montrose actually beat him. So we see this, you know, generation of Montrose yeah. being beat by his father, now Atticus being beat by his father. Mm-hmm. And Atticus was like, you know, I didn't think I had that type of rage in me to even go out and beat up his own father until mm-hmm. he went through the war. Um, he's He reveals also a little bit more about his, I guess, lady friend yeah. um, in Korea who he said he didn't even know if he loved her mm-hmm. in that relationship and in a strange way, which, hmm, again, what happened there? I know, yeah. <laughs> and then that's also when Letty is like, well, yeah, I also have this weird relationship with love where because I saw my mom, I don't really have a good understanding of this. So yeah. it's like, are they learning to love together now is that's what's going on here yeah i feel like they're just learning about everything in life together (laughs) just going through all the traumatic scenarios that they've gone through like bonding together over the trauma and then obviously being attracted to each other now they feel like you know they have this bond they can open up so i feel like yeah they're just like having a deep session every episode but it's good it's good it's just funny (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's they're they're really going through it yeah. for sure. And I guess this episode justifies more. I know like last time we were talking about them having like this brother sister sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. But I guess yeah, as more episodes go by, I can kind of buy into the whole they're you know romantically entangled and all that stuff, and they yeah. really love each other. And Atticus even said he was like, "What we have is special," and mm-hmm. it's. You know, all these sweet sort of things. So I guess I can, like I said, buy into their relationship and now see that they really, they kind of need each other. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's like, who can you, in in this whole wide world, you can't really explain these types of things to anyone else. So you, you, all you really have is one another at this point. Yeah. Like they can barely explain it to each other what they've been through because it's so crazy. So, yeah, it would be, yeah, anyone would just be like, you're insane. That didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. So, I guess in the future with this relationship, I would, I don't know, I I can continue to see them developing this, trying to protect one another. I think Atticus is still going to have a problem with trying not to protect Letty. Yeah. This is just a prediction, you know, and, you know, being a little bit too overprotective and, there might still be this struggle between her saying, well, you know, I want to do my own thing. And he's like, well, I want to protect you because you don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Hopefully now that they're opening up together more, it'll be more of like an equal situation. Yeah. You know what, though? I'm a kind of a sucker <laughs> for the, um, gosh, that sort of trope, the angst trope mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to relationships. Mm-hmm. So they're like building up to something and then they have this really big fallout yeah. and you think that it's over. Oh my gosh, put that in a Lifetime movie or yeah. something and I'm, <laughs> I'm all over it. Yeah. But of course, they have to get back together in the end. That's what makes it special. So yeah. Um, to write a real authentic romance, uh, romantic arc, I think they need to kind of have this one explosive moment that really blows mm-hmm. up in their face and they learn that they need each other and they can't yeah. live without each other. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> On the other love. spectrum of, of love and romance, then, we have Montrose, who has some really deep character development. Mm-hmm. Um 
So we talked about him. Yes. He got beat up by Atticus um, because reasons. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this this scene where he goes to his friend from the bar's house, and then they go and basically have this quickie. Yeah. Um, and there's no intimacy at all, so you can kind of see that they're he's basically using him. Yeah, um, I couldn't get a feel for it just that just yet. Later right, on, yeah, yeah, but. And I also thought it was like funny and I loved it just because it was I, this is what I'm saying by like so theatrical, like, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing their thing and then they have Frank Ocean playing and I'm like, this is such <laughs> oh, <yeah>. a movie. <laughs> I was like, Bad all right. romance. Yeah. Yeah. Which the use of music in this, I yeah. didn't really have this anywhere written down, but the use of music, they had two Cardi B songs yeah. and then they had um, Bad Romance, which I really loved. And then in the final scene, I need to Shazam that song. That was in the scene where Montrose was dancing at the club. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that was um, Moses Sumney, that that singer. Yeah. (laughs) I was listening to it. Yeah. I was listening to it. And I was like, (laughs) yes. Oh, my God. I actually love that scene. I know we'll get to it. But I got chills. Just the music and everything. That was good. So I'm (laughs) wondering then, yeah, let's jump to that. Because. Yeah. It definitely is Montrose accepting his personality. Like, we find out that his friend is also a drag queen. Yeah. Um, and so he goes and follows her to her. You know, maybe they were having a pageant or something like that. Mm-hmm. And at first, while they were all getting ready with their friends, they were like, oh, well, yeah, they haven't even kissed yet. And Montrose yeah. is just kind of standing there like. <laughs> that was so awkward. He was yeah. just sitting there drinking out of like a little bottle and he's just like mad at the world. Like I was surprised yeah. he even went, you know. Yeah, that was a, a huge major step for him for yeah. sure to come out of his comfort zone again. Like I guess, yeah, literally in a way come out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. You know, at the end, he does kiss his partner, and that was really moving. I did get chills. I found it, you know, it was sweet. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, does this development of him accepting his sexuality act as a redeeming factor for all of the past things that he's done? That I was like, hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I felt yeah, I feel the same way. I don't think so, but it's kind of just like he's more of a human now. It's kind of like, all right, he mm-hmm. has many, many layers. And yeah, that scene gave me chills, too, because I kept thinking, you know, this guy like he kind of sucks right now. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. like him, but this is like very powerful. And yeah, I think it just gave him a whole other layer that, you know, it's like, all right, he had he has many reasons for what he did and yeah. I don't understand them, but you know, it wasn't just him randomly being a jerk, even yeah. though it did seem that way. <laughs> it did, yeah. He's had a lot of things just basically being repressed inside yes. of him. And yeah. You know, I'm no psychologist, but obviously, you know, like if you just think about a child bully or something like that, right? You right. do these these hurtful actions either towards yourself or towards others because that's you know, in that moment, that's the only way you know how to cope. So yeah. unfortunately with him, it was dealing with alcoholism or dealing with, you know, that cycle of beating his son. Yeah. Um, the killing, again, killing a human, I don't think is justifiable under yeah. any pretenses. But <laughs> I do understand, you know, the the alcoholism and the, the beating kind of were a manifestation of that. So, yeah. you know what, maybe I do have a soft heart for him because he was able to open up and maybe now 
that he's in this place where he has an open heart. Yeah. He will be a little bit softer now towards Atticus. And I wonder, is he even going to reveal that to yeah. him? Yeah, that would be, be major. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. And if, it this, of course, all speaks on like, you know, LGBTQ plus representation. And mm-hmm. I, I, for one, cannot speak on, you know, what it would mean if he were to come out to his family versus if he weren't. Yeah. Um, but Especially at like, that time period. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that'll be something to explore. Oh, this reminds me of when I was doing my interviews. I've been holding on to this bit for a while oh, now. Yes. Um, <laughs> Michael K. Williams, uh, one of the questions I asked him was, you know, how did you go into that scene on the dance floor letting go? How do you prepare for that? And to put it in a nutshell, he was telling me that he had a, I believe it was a nephew or a young family member who had passed away. But mm. before he passed away, he took uh, Michael K. Williams to a club um, somewhere in New York, and it was a gay club. Mm-hmm. And he just remembers seeing everybody out there, and they were having so much fun, and they were dancing, and yeah. all these things. And it, it, w- it was a really good time, but he was a wallflower. Yeah. And he, yeah, he did not get off the wall, and he just stood there, and he wasn't really interested in dancing. And he basically just left the club in a, a space of regret because he, you know, didn't get to live his life and have some fun. And unfortunately, you know, then that nephew or that family member passed away. So he really didn't have the opportunity to do that again. Um, so through this scene, he, as an actor, <laughs> got to redeem himself and got to have a moment to honor his family member and to just let loose the way he wanted to let loose back at the club. Um you know, that day in New York. So I thought that was a really sweet story to tell. Yeah. And, you know, actors reach from these places of personal feelings to create these wonderful scenes. So that was really well done. That's awesome. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really heartwarming story. <laughs> now it's like, oh, I like Montrose now, but no, <laughs> that wasn't him. <laughs> I know. Ooh, the betrayal. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Now here comes the part where I have to take my breath because we're going to talk about lore. lore. <laughs> so... <laughs> Shake it all off. There was a lot of stuff that yeah. went down. I don't even know if we need to have a discussion. We we can. There's just a lot of stuff to run down to make yeah. sure you have it on your checklist as we go through the rest of the episode. <laughs> so first, again, as I mentioned, Atticus was able to decipher the pages because despite Mont... Okay. Atticus was able to decipher mm-hmm. the pages because despite Montrose destroying them... Letty still had photographs of them. Ooh, that was very, you know, what a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at, um, and at the end, they're like translating these pages and Atticus sees something that's like so shocking and, yeah. oh my God, what can this be that he runs to the phone and he calls, I'm assuming, was that Christina? Yeah, I'm not sure. I had written down like, who is she? But yeah, yeah it's either Christina or... I don't know. And I'm excited to see, you know, if it's somebody new, that'll be really interesting. Like someone from his past or someone else that's involved that we don't know. But I mean, it could just be Christina. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So he's calling and he's like, he's asking, you know, who are you? What are you? And then she says on the other side of the line, you should have listened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm like, if that is Christina and she's saying you should have listened to me, I'm like, well, what good advice did she give Atticus in the first place because yeah that I'm not really you know I get that she wanted him to be on her side but 
in what ways you know <laughs> yeah and it's also like i mean he did she he did listen to her like you know yeah. everything that she told him it's not like he was like no go away i'm never gonna do this he was the one yeah. that's always like yep i'm finding out all the information <laughs> yeah. and you know if it ends up helping her i guess it, that'll happen but yeah yeah, and yeah right now they i don't really see them having any common ground like i don't feel like she's gave him she's given him a solid offer of like hey we can partner up and right because essentially the the order that she wants to become a part of is still one that is unaccepting of women that Mm -hmm. is really unaccepting of any sort of minorities except the fact that atticus got to be in there by blood right yeah so i'm like where is this gonna go between those two yeah what's the connection there that is something to look into Second thing, second bit of lore is also when Ruby attends that lodge party mm-hmm. and when she gets there, Christina wants her to plant this like stone tile mm-hmm. in Captain Lancaster's office. He's the police captain and it's got this little symbol on it that you it's like square and it's got a dot in the center. Mm-hmm. And then we also see that symbol when Atticus is trying to translate the pages. Yeah. And it says protection, which, by the way, at the end, we saw that the spell literally spelled out D-I-E, so die. Yeah. Again, it's like, what is that all about? Yeah. (laughs) I I got a lot of questions there. (laughs) Yeah, because didn't she say to Ruby that she wanted revenge for uh, Lancaster? So I was confused. Yeah. I like yeah, at first I didn't look at the stone and I just saw her like hand, or I looked at it but not closely <laughs> enough at first and I was mm-hmm. like what does she want her to like go stone this guy or something like just go <laughs> kill him and I'm like yeah. what like and then obviously that did not happen <laughs> yeah so if the symbol that Atticus found says protection is you trying to protect the police captain even though yeah you know she says William is the rightful heir to that lodge and the police captain basically tried to kill and overthrow William to yeah. Have- to take over that. So I don't know what her plan is there either. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my head. (laughs) So much. (laughs) And then also just one creepy detail is that while the police captain was changing out of his shirt, it looked like he had a black torso, like coming from an actual black person's body. Yeah, that was very weird. Yeah, if we remember, he and Hiram were pretty close. So that's just icky to me to see him. Like... I don't personally know why they he would swap torsos or maybe skin with another black person, but yeah, it just right. it just reads nasty foul play all over the place. Yeah, it's like a very get out vibes. Like I'm gonna steal Ooh. a black person's body. Yeah. And my Oof. mind will be there. Like, no, stop. <laughs> Oof. And then he's got that guy hiding in his closet who is also yeah. like stitched up and like bleeding from the neck. Like, who are you? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shady things going on with this police captain. And yeah. as the final point in the lore, he was like making some comments about, and I really had to tune into this because yeah. it was going so fast. Yeah, and he was when speaking Ruby, quietly. Yeah, when Ruby's in that closet, he's saying something about like something in Kentucky and there's the mm-hmm. Winthrop Observatory and that's where the Ori is at. Yeah. Or not where it's at, but I guess that's kind of like, we, we know it's the key to finding Horatio Winthrop's pages of the cipher. Mm-hmm. And so somehow Christina plays a part in this. And yeah. Again, there's a lot of stuff to be revealed here. 
And um, <laughs> it, oh, and it also connects, which I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but I believe mm-hmm. it connects to obviously when William slash Christina was talking about the magical doors that Horatio created. Yeah, to, that was know, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we, we always get these like s- these little comments in between and you really have to be listening. Yeah. To make sure you heard what they said. Like, did they just drop a piece of lore or what? What yeah. am I missing here? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Now that we're halfway through the season, I'm going to go back and rewatch all the episodes. And I think hopefully I'll, you know, some loose ends will be tied or, yeah. you know, I'll realize like, oh, they were talking about that, but I didn't know it until the fifth episode. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is definitely a show you can rewatch and learn a oh, lot yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So take your notes, <laughs> yes. write down everything I'm saying, and then. <laughs> You'll, you'll you'll understand and i guess on that going on that final point though hippolyta mm-hmm. since we didn't see her i'm assuming maybe she'll find her way to this place or you know the observatory yeah who knows because she's got the solar system model yeah what i really hope next next episode is hers we need it <laughs> yes please please <laughs> All right. Well, we've gotten down to our final moments, which means it's time for the Fear Factor Award. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to put it to you straight. I'm just going to give the Fear Factor Award to all the transformations. <laughs> I'm not even going to let any suspense build up to number one. Yeah. <laughs> I always underline in my notes like the scariest parts of the episode and every single one was transformation, transformation, transformation. Yeah, there was definitely, there were no, you know, creatures this time. It was just Mm -hmm. the metamorphosis. Um, And yeah, I would say like that first scene um, when, when she's, when she, um, Ruby is turning back in the car and like she is not good and the music and everything. I was like, oh my God, what is happening? And then (laughs) William had to just like stab her. I was like, okay, cool. That's what we're doing. That was good. I wouldn't say it was like scary per se, but yeah, those were definitely the closest thing to scary. Yeah, it was mostly just gross. And that I'm also wondering the mechanics of, because the first time William has to, you know, stab her and cut her open like a carved turkey or something. Yeah. And I guess they were like, well, it gets easier (laughs) the more you do it or something. So that's why she's able to transform on her own. Yeah. Uh, And Christina was fine. I mean, she's covered in blood. (laughs) (laughs) She looked like Carrie, but she was fine. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm wondering like what happens because in one scene she transforms in the like the basement or in the elevator marshall field. Yeah. And that's when like ugh, you could see her face and her skin was that's where we like really saw it happening. Yeah. Oh no no no. That was like one of the teasers. And the alley of the club on the south side of Chicago was where she transformed mm. and she shed all that skin. So I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. What happens to that? Do, do people just walk into an alley and find, you know, a, a, a shed mangled body? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's just like you got to clean it up every time. Like, right, well, been, here we go. So some shady dealings. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm excited I'm for more horror, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah gross nasty stuff this is really testing me by the way i don't (laughs) i get really squeamish so this episode Mm. really put me to the test um including the fact again that she shoved her heels up that guy's butt Um, (laughs) that was graphic i was not expecting that i thought she was just gonna kill him you know something easy but no i understand her anger oh my god yeah y'all really testing me on this episode but at the same time it's 
it's fun and it's exciting and especially when you can't turn away obviously those yes. are those are the best yeah. moments <laughs> as much as you hate to see it <laughs> yeah i think this episode i will say is, was the most exciting Ooh, I think so. That's an interesting one. Yeah, it was. It had a lot of. I guess was my final thoughts in this episode. The Ruby centric episode was interesting because it, it made you think a lot about you know what would you do if you were in her yeah. position, mm-hmm. um, kind of more than any other episode. And then it almost um, in my first watching, it felt like the Lord took a back seat just so we yeah. can see what happens with Ruby. But then once you dig deeper again, they've got all these little nuggets placed throughout. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're, we're building up basically to this finale. And I don't know if I would say this was my favorite episode, but I definitely I would say I think it's got my favorite scene with Montrose dancing at the club. Yeah, I, think I, I would say that's my favorite scene now. So Yeah, I think so, too, honestly, because the rest my previous favorite ones were just exciting or scary and this one mm-hmm. was really just you know got me i was like oh yeah man. it's really emotional yes. my zodiac sign is a cancer so all I'm my friends know yeah. <laughs> well there we go that's why we're like the sad part yeah. that's me that's yes I want. the sad part give yes. us more <laughs> that is always me <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if you love to be sad just as much as us, please leave us a comment and tell us how many emotional parts you would love to see in Lovecraft Country. No, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but no, for sure. Leave us some more comments over on Twitter. Go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes if you are feeling so compelled to do so. And we will shout you out at the top of the episode like we did today. Mm -hmm. Um, And remember, our real question actually of the day or the week (laughs) is... so many. What would your letter grade be for episodes one through five of Lovecraft Country? Halfway through, and we've got five more episodes to go. So Mm. I'm looking forward to discussing more. Me too. Yes. (laughs) So we will be back with more episodes of Lovecraft Country Chronicles. (laughs) Next Thursday, we've got an exciting guest, the cinematographer of episodes five through nine, actually. That's pretty huge. So So exciting. Look out for that, everyone. Yes. We will also see you late, late Sunday night for our recap of episode six. So we will see you all later. (laughs) Have a great week. Don't have any nightmares from watching the show. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Bye, everyone. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.